Welcome to Kingdom Insight with Dr. Kazumba Charles. This program is designed to help you discover treasures and truth from God's Word and also give you deeper insights and understanding of the character and nature of God. Here's your host, Dr. Kazumba Charles. Welcome back to this last segment on the book of Romans. As we look at this book, it's been a a power-packed book. Remember, we were just looking at the background of this book, why Paul wrote this book, what was the problem on the ground, what was going on then, and we discovered so many statements that Paul made in reference to the two groups he was trying to bring together and to unite in faith, which was the Jewish believers as well as the Gentile believers. And he talks about how God has grafted us into his family, and he goes into the depth of us being dead to sin, we are served by grace and by putting our faith in Jesus Christ. We have our righteousness because of God's grace. And he talks about so many powerful things. The book of Romans is so powerful. And we were just scratching the surface as we look at the book of Romans and what Paul was addressing. It's important to study the Word of God in its context. Then we begin to understand exactly what God intended in His Word, and it helps us live a faithful life. Also, what Paul tackled around uh, the book of Romans was actually uh, concerning the law. He doesn't say the law has been thrown away. Uh, He doesn't know the law He doesn't say the law has been abolished, but he talks to us about operating at a higher level than just a set of rules. Now we have crossed. Now we have been, we we are dead to sin. Now we have the grace of God. Now we can obey actually the word of God and the the word of God empowers us. Today, I want us to finish this series by looking at God's grace. What is God's grace? We know for sure the grace of God teaching has been misunderstood, misrepresented, mistaught, and people think, you know, when you have the grace of God, you can go and do anything, anything, anywhere, and you are okay because the grace covers it all. When you begin to understand the grace of God and the reason why God gives us the grace, you begin to understand a new level of uh, faithfulness that you can have and I should have in God. So let's go to Romans chapter 5 verse 2 here. Paul writes, we have also obtained access through him, through Jesus, by faith into this grace in which we stand and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. So the word we want to look at is uh, grace. The Greek noun uh, that is uh, 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 shariz, grace, refers to unmerited favor towards someone or something unmerited something that is not hand something that you can't do about it uh, uh, something that you can't get by doing something 
So in the New Testament, sharis or grace is commonly used in relationship or in relation to salvation, especially in Paul's writing. He equates grace to salvation. Grace is the means by which salvation comes. So it connects the two together. Grace, the grace of God. By putting our faith in God, grace comes and, and, and we have this salvation. So Paul used uh, grace to explain that salvation comes from God's own choice to show favor in redeeming lost person, uh, lost people through faith in Jesus Christ. You can see that in uh, Romans chapter 5 verse 1. I just want to read that quickly. One Romans uh, uh, 5 verse 1, it says this, Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord, has done for us. That is a grace in its totality right there. So Paul's uh, emphasis was on this grace. God's grace is unmerited favor toward an enemy. Uh, meaning which enemy? Sinners. Sinners were enemies with God. But God uh, showed grace to us yet while we were yet sinners. So God's grace reminds us that God intervenes on behalf of his rebellious creation out of his own free will and without any obligations. That is at Romans chapter 4. Uh, verse 4 to 5 says this, When people work, their wages are not a gift, but something they have earned. Look how Paul says, when people work, their wages are not, a are not a gift, but something they have earned. So when you work for something, it, you deserve it, you worked for it, you should earn it. But look what Paul says here, but people are counted as righteous, not because of their work, but because of their faith in God who forgives sinners who forgives sinners. That is the grace of God. So God's grace empowers us to live for Him. Romans chapter 6 verse 1 to 14, you can see that. And it is not a license to sin. Not only do we get into our relationship with God by grace, we live out our relationship day to day by His grace. It is God's grace that you have seen the light today. It is God's grace that you are alive today. It is God's grace that you have a bre your breath today. You breathing because of God's grace. So God's grace is what empowers everything in around our lives. It is God's grace that you have a family. It is God's grace that you have a marriage. It is God's grace that you have all that you have. It is not within your own doing, your own educational background, but God's grace is what empowers. Now, we begin to understand that the famous hymn, Amazing Grace, puts it so well. Because this song puts it so well that at God's amazing grace has saved a wretch, a wretch, a person, a, a reprobate, a person who was beyond redemption because of sin's hold and power over them. But God's grace came and saved the man. Romans 8 says this, uh, um, 
And uh, Romans 8 actually has been called uh, the inner sanctuary within the cathedral of Christian faith. Why? It states before us some of the most wonderful blessings we enjoy as, as, as believers because of the grace of God. Because of the grace of God, uh, um, uh, we are free from God's uh, condemnations. Because of the grace of God, uh, 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 the Spirit of God indwells us. We have the Spirit of God. Because of God's grace, uh, we have been adopted into His family. Because of God's grace, we have the glory of God. Because of God's grace, we have hope because Christ's love and promises for us and what He did. So when we talk about um, the grace of God, we want to make very clear uh, a notification here. The grace of God does not empower us to live, uh, to live life as if we are in the world. The grace of God does not empower us to live in sin. The grace of God is an empowerment that enables us to obey God's instruction, to do the will of God, to follow after God, to fulfill what God has called us to fulfill. So the grace of God is an empowerment, unmerited favor that God gives you. When you have the grace of God in your life, trust me, you can fulfill or God can fulfill in you all that he says he will fulfill. There are people who have money, but if they don't have the grace of God, they cannot even enjoy their money or do anything tangible with that money because it takes the grace of God to give you this other oil, the oil of the kingdom of God, the faith which brings the favor, which brings life, which brings sustenance, which brings, uh, you know, a, a kingdom revelation for you to be fruitful in your life. God God's grace opens doors for you to become who you, he wants you to be. You know, I used to laugh when people sees you or, or sees me or, or, or say stuff about me when I was young. You know, they did not know what the grace of God would do to my life. They did not know what the grace of God was planning for my life. They saw me as a sinner. He saw me as a saint, as a saved person. It was already done for me. So when you go to places and uh, they, you know, down look upon you, it's because they haven't seen the grace of God upon your life. That's why they can reject you in one place or another, but as long as you have the grace of God, what God said upon your life will be fulfilled. So people of God, we need to understand the grace of God. The grace of God is like an oil that rubricates our relationship with God and also that rubricates our life the way we live with God. Through the grace of God, God has given us the life-giving spirit. So the grace of God brings the life-giving spirit. While, in, while the Holy Spirit is not really the topic of Romans chapter 8, Paul gives the Spirit, gives the, gives the, spirit the key role in meditating to us in, in in meditating to us the blessings of our new life. In Romans chapter 8, Paul uses the word, uh, uh, uses the word uh, spirit 21 times. 
He uses the word spirit 21 times in the book of, in Romans chapter 8. Uh, um, um, just in Romans chapter 8, he uses the word spirit 28 times. He's talking about life in the spirit. Life in the spirit empowered by the grace of God. Here's one verse that he says here. He says, so now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Jesus Christ because you belong to him and the power of the life giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that, le that leads to death. He talks about the Spirit 21 times, the power, the enabling power of the Holy Spirit. You know, the grace of God goes hand in hand with the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God empowers us to walk in the power of the grace of God. So here, uh, uh, possessing the Spirit is the mark of being a new covenant believer. That's why for, for a new covenant believer, the mark of a new covenant believer is the very presence of Spirit of God. So God graciously now gives us His Spirit. Remember what Jesus said to His disciples, Wait here, I will send you another comforter, which is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is very crucial in our lives as we live out our faith, as we live here on earth. So God graciously empowers us with the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit. He gives us the Spirit as an oil, as a, as a lubricate, as a, as a power to empower us to do what He wants us to do. So we need to desire to cultivate a Spirit-laid Spirit-filled lifestyle because it is only through the power of the Holy Spirit are we able to live in a way that pleases God. The Holy Spirit brings you that uh, enablement to obey the, way, the, the, the Word of God. The Holy Spirit brings you that quickening to hear the Word of God and to do what is right. So God, through His grace, He, he hasn't only given us a salvation, but he has given us something to live by, which is uh, to live through the power of the Holy Spirit. What you need to understand is this. What you are spiritually feeding on will either develop a spirit-influenced lifestyle or a wildly influenced uh, lifestyle. That's why it is important to study the Word of God in its totality and in, in context. It's important to look to the Word of God. Hey, don't worry about all these other stuff. Don't worry about all these uh, blessings and all pursuing this. If you just get the Word of God right in your spirit, if you just get the Word of God right in your faith, trust me, God does wonders. Then your faith will work for you. Then the grace of God will work for you. Then the mercies of God will encompass you. Then you of peace, then you have joy, then you have life. Just get the word. All you need is the word. What does the Bible say? The word of God is living. So here, the Spirit's presence in our lives it, it produces fruits that are pleasing to God. That's why God has graciously given us the Spirit. It is important to know that even though the Spirit, the, the Holy Spirit is powerful, He does not do His work apart from our response. Even though the Holy Spirit is so powerful or God is so powerful, He doesn't do these uh, miraculous works in us without our response. It requires our response. 
Romans 8 verse 13 says this, By the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body. Hallelujah. By the Spirit of God in us, by the Spirit of God in you, you are able to put the misdeeds of the body, uh, to, uh, uh, to, to, to put to death the misdeeds of our body. Paul puts the responsibility on our shoulders. We need to put sin or the operation of sin in our lives to death. We need to, we need to work at it. Yes, it is not easy. We understand it's not easy. It's not easy. But you know what? Sin will always try to make you a slave of it. But by the power of the grace of God given to us through the power of the Holy Spirit, we are able to put sin to death. We are able to stop certain things and just say, I'm not going to do this anymore and any longer because I belong to God. So we need to put sin or the operation of sin in our lives to death. But at the same time, it makes it clear, Paul, that we can only do it through the power of the Holy Spirit. So Paul, in the book of Romans, he talks about the Holy Spirit. Even if the Holy Spirit is into, you know, the main theme. He talks about the grace of God. He talks about, the, you know, the, the, the Holy Spirit in Romans chapter 8, verse 12 to 12. To, to, um, uh, to 17, I just want us to read that. Let's read quickly. Romans 12 to 17, he says this, Therefore, dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation to do what your sinful nature ages you to do. For if you live by its dictates, you will die. But if, but if through the power of the Holy of the Spirit, you put to death the deeds of your sinful nature, you will live. For all who are laid by the Spirit of God are children of God. So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you receive God's Spirit when He adopted you in His own as His own children. Now we call Him Abba Father. For His Spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. Meaning His Spirit and our spirit cries out that we are children of God. So the children of God live according to the power of the Holy Spirit. The sons of God are guided by the Holy Spirit. The sons of God are, co are, are confident through the power of the, are confident of the spirit of adoption. Now listen to this. As sons of God, we are led by the Spirit. That's what Paul emphasizes on in, um, in uh, Romans 8 verse uh, 14. He says this, For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. Or oh, how we need the Spirit of God to lead us. How we need the power of the Holy Spirit to reveal things to us. How we need the Spirit of God in our lives so that we can't be misled by false prophetic stuff, by false teaching. We need the Spirit of God. So Paul now he dives into this as he talks about the, the grace of God and he talks about the Holy Spirit. He goes now to the Christian's attitude. In Romans chapter 12 through to chapter 16, Paul deals with the Christian attitude and conduct, civil and, so, sorry, social and civil. Christian social attitudes, he talks about it in Romans chapter 12 verse 1 to 21. Here's what he says, attitudes towards God. 
uh, uh, we are to be consecrated with God. It talks about Christians' attitude towards fellow men, consideration. We have to be considerate, considerate of others. It talks about uh, humility in service in Romans 12, verse 3 to 8. Um, um, I just want us to look at Romans 12, 3 to 8 for a second here. Because of the privilege and authority God has given me, I give each of you this warning. Do not think you are better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourselves by the faith God has given us, just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function. So it is with Christ's body, we are many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. Deals with an attitude. Paul deals with an attitude of a Christian. He talks about, uh, you know, our attitude towards God. It should be consecration. He talks about the uh, uh, Christian's attitude towards fellow men. We should be considerate not to think of ourselves as high, uh, high, higher than we ought to. And then he talks about humility in serving. We have to serve with humility. And then he talks about the attitude towards our enemies. Even our enemies deserves us to really show the character of God that is in us. Paul Again, he continues on. He talks about civil attitude, attitude towards the state. He says submission. Governments are ordained by God. To resist divine institution is uh, disobedience, and it's in the Bible. The purpose of uh, their appointment is for the goodwill of society. You know, now we got to understand this. Uh, uh, we are called as believers to, to, to obey the government, to obey the rules. Now, we show the government that we belong to God by, by demonstrating the character of God, not to live in disobedience. If they are telling us now not to worship God, not to glorify God, not to magnify God, not to mention the name of God, that's a different story. But we are to live in obedience. Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they lived in obedience to the law of, of King Nebuchadnezzar. What they refused was what Nebuchadnezzar was trying to impose on them, to worship a different God than the God of Israel. So our attitude also, Paul talks about civil attitude towards fellow citizens in the state. Roman, in, in Romans chapter 13 verse, uh, uh, 13 verse um, 8, let's just read that quickly. It says, uh, owe nothing to anyone except for your obligation to love one another. If you love your neighbor, you will fulfill the requirements of God's law. For the commandments say you must not commit adultery, you must not murder, you must not steal, you must not covet. These and other such commandments are summed up in this one commandment. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love does not does no wrong to others, so love fulfills the requirements of God's law. So Paul now is, is, is now summarizing this. If you love God, you're going to love the people. Actually, there is no way you can claim you love God if you don't love the people that you see. It's in the Bible. So Paul is saying uh, 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 one of our civil duties as believers in Christ is to walk in love. 
regardless of how people are sinful, it is not our duty to transform their lives. We can uh, declare the word of God to them, but we can't change them. Our, atti- our, our attitude should always be in honor of every human being. We love the people, we hurt the sin. And then uh, the other one is our attitude in view of the Lord's return. Expectation. We should be expectant of the Lord's return. Are you ready if he retains today? Are you ready if he retains tomorrow with everything that is going on around the world? Are you ready? Is, uh, is God with you? Are you in God? Does God have you? Does God has your heart? So those are questions that we need. We need the expectation. And then uh, 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 from the book of Romans, here is what we we learn from this book. From the book of Romans, we learn these things. The Gentiles require God's righteousness. So are the Jews. The foundation of uh, righteousness is the righteousness of Christ. Righteousness in life is not possible through works of the law. Righteousness in life is ensured by the Holy Spirit. If a Christian understands this truth, he has a solid foundation for faith. Paul has declared these powerful things in the book of Romans as he was dealing with the two groups. And he makes us understand what faith is all about. He makes us understand what grace is all about. He makes us understand the power of the Holy Spirit. He goes in depth to declare that uh, a person who has God is going to walk in love. You can never demonstrate the character of God or the nature of God without walking in love. Listen, if you should preach, you need to preach because you love the people who are still haven't experienced or have, haven't had an encounter with God. We do not preach the gospel so that we can hammer the people because, they're, you know, because we love them and we don't want them to perish. So Paul declares all these things as we look at the grace of God. We look at the Holy Spirit. Powerful stuff in the book of Romans. As we end this book, I want you to understand this. What shapes your, the words that you hear will shape your faith. And what shapes your faith is what you become. And what you become is what will control you forever. Seek to study the word of God. Seek to search the scriptures and understand exactly what the word of God says. And that will be powerful in your life and you will be unshakable and unstoppable you see the word of god revealed to us the character of god and when we study the word of god we study about the character of god i want us to close up today's teaching as we finish here i want to just pray Uh, i want us to pray uh, 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 for those who say i want to know you more i want to know you more god god says i'm here I'm here. If you tend to my word, you will find me. If you seek me, I will be found. Father, we declare to those who are desiring to know you in the depth that reveal yourself to them through your word and through scripture. In Jesus' name, 
Amen. Now listen, people of God, we're going to continue with other many series on Kingdom Insight. Our goal is to study the Word of God, and we're going to do just that. We're going to go into the depth of the Word of God. We're going to study the Word of God so that we can be equipped to stand on the power of the Word. God bless you, and thank you for joining in. And remember also to tune in to Unstoppable Faith where we bring you testimonies and men and women of God who come to share the Word of God with us. God bless you. Shalom, shalom. Thank you for watching Kingdom Insight. Dr. Kazumba Charles has written some powerful and insightful books that will help you discover treasures and truth of God's Word and also give you a deeper understanding of the unchanging character of God. For a love gift of $20, our office will send you one of the following books written by Dr. Kazumba Charles. The Parables of the Kingdom, Revisiting the Foundations, The Weapon of Forgiveness, or Discovering the Power of God in You. Please go to www.kazumbacharles.org to give your love gift. Your love gift will enable Dr. Kazumba Charles to continue to preach the good news of the kingdom. Thank you for your generosity.